Hallelujah. Let's open with prayer. My heavenly Father. My heavenly Father. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our ears that we can hear. Open our hearts that we can attend unto the things which are spoken, like Lydia. Father, turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God. And Father, I ask for a spirit of grace on this meeting, a spirit of grace. I ask for the spirit of grace on everyone that hears my voice. Father, that spirit of grace. What we don't deserve. What we didn't ask for. But what you did anyway. Father, that spirit of grace. And Father, I ask for that spirit of grace on this message. And I ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I was out in the hallway praying before the meeting and God changed my message at the last minute. He's getting me used to being a little bit more flexible and not freaking out when he does that. If you will turn with me to Romans 3. God is speaking to someone or someones today. And he wants a message to go to your heart. If we would only perceive, if we would only meditate, if we would only get an understanding of the love of God to each of us, to every one of us, the love of of God. God is love. And he's trying to get us to believe him that he is love. He is not our enemy. He is not your enemy. He's the one that sent Jesus. Romans 3, 10 through 18. There's a word in here I want to get to. It says, as it is written, this is the apostle Paul speaking, there is none righteous. There are days that you're going to thank God that those words are in the Bible. There is none righteous. Miss Penelope Peabody is not righteous. You know, we, we, I went to church in a, in a denominational church, and there were some that they'd walk in. I mean, you just knew they were dripping of righteousness. I wasn't that way. I knew me better. I just tried to stay under the radar. It says, as is written, there is none righteous. None. God says that. None righteous. You know what? God already knows you're not righteous. He already knows you're not righteous. You are not a surprise. Your behavior, your attitude, your heart is not a surprise to God. He already knows right here, you are not righteous. It says, there is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. Isn't that beautiful? He already knew you weren't seeking after him. He already knew you were looking for the next party. He already knew you were looking for the next, the next job, the next career, the next bundle of money. He already knew that's what you were doing. He already knew it. You are not a surprise to God. It says, there is none that understandeth, there is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. And I love this next thing. They are all, they are together become unprofitable. Have you ever felt useless 
Have you ever felt unprofitable? You are no good to anybody. You just don't have what it takes. Have you ever felt that way? God knows it. He said, they are all gone out of the way. They are all become unprofitable. Do you know that's where God will meet you? Do you know he is no surprise? I will say this. In my experience, I'm 64 years old. I have met a lot of men and women. They're in bondage to alcohol, drugs, um, drug, uh, what do you call it, medication. Because in their hearts, they know they're unprofitable. And they don't realize God knows everybody is that way. You are no different. You are no different than the next guy. They're all unprofitable. Isn't that good news? Now let's go on. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poisonous asp is under their lips. His mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. It says, Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace they have not known. They can't get any peace. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? You can't get any peace. When I first started ministering with Doyle, and when we were on TV, Saturday nights were hell for me. Doyle would not be at home. God, God would give me a space to be by myself, to, to, to be in his presence, to get the message ready the next day. But Saturday nights would be hell. They'd be hell. Hell. I mean, you talk about somebody that feels like they're put in a position that they can't handle. And then, and then I would start getting lonely, which I am not a lonely person. Never really have been. And then I would miss my children. And, I mean, it was awful. And I would call up a friend of mine in my desperation. And I would say to her, tell me this is worth it. Tell me this is worth it. Because at that time, it didn't feel like it was. And they, we would talk for just five minutes. And she would convince me by the Spirit of God, it's worth it, Kathy. And one day I finally realized, this is not you, Kathy. This is the devil. And he's trying to destroy you on Saturday night so you won't preach the gospel on Sunday. Well, I finally got uh, aware of what he was doing. And now, Saturday nights, if I feel that way, I start to laugh. Ooh, tomorrow is going to be good. Because how bad I feel right now. But there are those of us that feel unprofitable. You are exactly, exactly the one that God is after. Exactly. The unprofitable. The unrighteous. The ones that love to curse. You are exactly who God is after. Thank you, Jesus. You are exactly. Now, these people here that says that all of us that have no understanding, don't even want to know God, it says destruction and misery are in their ways. 
Oh, have I been there. Every time I turned around, something would break. Something would go wrong. The next crisis. God's after you. He knows you're that way. He knows everybody's that way. He knows it. He knows it. He knows the human race. You are no surprise to God. And you, yeah, I know, devil. And you sit there and you say, what is wrong with me that this is always happening to me? Jesus is after you. He is after you and he has your answer. It says the way of peace they have not known. How many actors have we seen that have committed suicide? I bind the spirit in Jesus' name. I bind this devil in Jesus' name. You are trying to choke me down and you are not going to choke me down in the name of Jesus. And I love what this happens because I'm after it. I love when this happens because I'm after it. I got it by the tail. That's why it's trying to choke me down. God is going to deliver somebody today from the devil. It says there's a way of peace they have not known. How many actors, how many football players got all the fame that they wanted and they have no peace? No peace. They have the houses, the cars, the women, everything, everything you could want. No peace. I love it. Have you read the testimony of Alice Cooper? Alice Cooper has been 30 years a Christian, born again Christian. Because in all his fame, he was the most, at one point, he was the most famous rock star in the world. And he had no peace. And he was snorting cocaine on his own in a room. And he looked up in the mirror and he saw blood coming out of his eyes. He said, I don't know if it was a vision. I don't know if, if that was really happening to me. But he got on his face and said, Jesus, I need help. And you know what? Guess who showed up? Guess who showed up? He will do that to anybody who calls on his name. No matter how unrighteous. No matter how unprofitable you are. There was a woman whose testimony blessed me. Her name was Catherine Coleman. That woman had the gift of faith in her like you would not believe. And you know how, what she said one day? She said one day she went out in an alley and she told God, I, there is nothing I can do well. She said, I am unprofitable. I can't do anything. And she gave her life to somebody that could make something of her. She said she was unprofitable. Do you feel unprofitable? Well, there's somebody that can make something out of you if you will believe. He will make something out of you. He has a position. He has a life for you. And it's an abundant life. And he will make something out of anyone. The unprofitable, the unrighteous, the sinner. 
the deplorable. He can make something out of you. You know what? He made the world. You're nothing to work on. You're easy. You're easy. Turn with me to Romans 5, 8, 9. Now in that position of being unprofitable, unrighteous, no peace, miserable, just miserable. Romans 5, 8. But God commendeth his love toward us. Stop. This phrase has nothing to do with religion. This phrase has nothing to do with religion. This is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This is the God who through the word Jesus created the world. This is the spirit of God speaking out of the apostle Paul's mouth. That God commendeth, commendeth his love toward us. Toward us. This is the God that created the universe, commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet worthless sinners, sinners, while we were, yeah, (laughs) oh, I got you. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Who did Jesus die for? He died for the worthless. He died for the sinner. He died for the miserable. He died for the murderer. He died for the thief. He died for the extortioner. He died for the child beater. He died for the drug addict. He died for the alcoholic. He died for the worst of the worst. That's who he died for. That's who he died for. And you know what? Jesus went to that cross knowing what we were. And not only that, not not only knowing what we were, the Father's the one that sent him. The Father. The God that made the universe. The God that created the world through Jesus. He is the one that sent Jesus to the cross. He's the one that sent him. Your God is the one that sent Jesus to the cross. Planned it all out before the world began. He knew what we were and he sent Jesus anyway. While you were looking at your alcohol, loathing it, but needing it anyway, you're the one God sent Jesus for. The one that takes the drugs, they don't want to take the drugs. They don't want to be the way they are. You're the one that the Father loves so much, he sent Jesus anyway. Jesus, go get him. Go get him. Go get them in their unpeacefulness, in their misery, in their worthlessness. Go get them. Go die for them. Don't ever forget the Father loved you first. And the Father knows the situation you're in. 
and he is not surprised nor shocked. He knows the whole human race is that bad. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he sent Jesus. It says that God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When did Jesus die? When we were at our worst. When we even wanted to commit suicide to get out of our misery. You're the one that God sent Jesus for. He can take that misery away from you. You don't have to be in that misery one more day. The Father loved you first. And he sent Jesus to come and get you out of that misery. He knows about that misery. And he can deal with it. He can get it off of you. He can change you. He can change you. Did you know that Jesus can change you? Do you know that Jesus can change a human heart? The law can't. Moses can't. The Ten Commandments can't. But Jesus can. He can change the human heart. He can change you. Much more than verse 9, being now justified by his blood. Your sins were forgiven when Jesus shed his blood. We shall be saved, saved from wrath through Jesus. Through Jesus. You want to change? It's through Jesus. It's through Jesus. You will never be good enough for the Father. You will never be good enough. You will never be good enough for yourself, if you're honest. You'll never be good enough. But Jesus can change you and make you, make you justified, make you righteous. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 6, 17. What happens when we are born again? What happens when we go to Jesus and say, come into my heart? Come into my heart. I want to be born again. I want to be born again. What happens when that happens? What happens when you go to Jesus? It says, but he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. One spirit. When you are born again, when you ask the Lord Jesus to come into your heart, when you ask him to be Lord of your life, take over, Jesus, because I'm messing up. I love it. Was that that song? Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the whole darn car. Because it's a mess. It's a mess. It says, when we are born again, we are joined unto the Lord, unto one spirit. Did you know when you were born again, you got the spirit of Jesus in you? In you. Not, not in the church altar. Not at the church altar. Not even in your living room. The Spirit of Jesus is in you. In you. Now, he's got you. Now, your spirit and his spirit are the same spirit. Oh, your flesh may be a mess, but your spirit is joined to Jesus. And you know what happens when you got that seed of Jesus in you? Things start to change. If you will stay with it, if you will read that word of God out loud, Start with the book of John. If you will stay with it, that seed in you, when you read that word, starts to grow. 
starts to grow. Turn with me to John 10. This is why you start with the book of John. John 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. It says, To him the porter openeth, and the sheep, the sheep, if you are born again, you are a sheep. Oh, those days that we are first born again. I love to say, bah! Jesus. To him, this, and the sheep hear his voice. One of the very first things that I learned coming to Water of Life four, almost 40 years ago was... If you are born again, you can hear the voice of Jesus. You can hear God. You know, you can even hear God when you're not born again. Because it's the voice of Jesus saying, you better get born again. The sheep hear the voice of Jesus. Well, I don't think so. The sheep hear the voice of Jesus. Jesus said it. This is Jesus talking. He said, to him the portereth openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. Okay, now we can hear the voice of Jesus. Then what happens? And he calleth his own sheep by name, and he leadeth them out. The shepherd leads out the sheep. Did you know that Jesus is your shepherd? Did you know when you were born again, he takes that miserable little person that we are, and he starts leading them. And sometimes, I, I, I'll tell you this, when, when, when Jesus first started really leading me, things would happen and I would be like clueless. I would feel clueless. What is going on? What I didn't know was I was being led. I was being led. You know, I, I, it took a while to really hear the voice of Jesus, but, but he led me anyway. And things would happen and I would be, well, I don't know why that happened because I don't think I got any faith, but it would happen anyway. The sheep was leading, the shepherd was leading the sheep. The shepherd was leading the sheep. And things would happen. God would start blessing or things would change. I mean, I remember when, when I was baptized in the Holy Ghost and Jesus started leading me way before I came to Water of Life. I was a teacher in a school district that had more cows than students. And one day the principal came in. I was trying to follow God. I was, I was you know, going to church when I could, and, and, and I was all sorts of things. But I'm, I'm teaching. This is where I wanted to be. And they came into my room. The principal came in. Kathy, I need to talk to you. So, okay. I go talk to, the, you know, so I go to the principal's office. It's bad when he goes to the office and shuts the door, you know. It's like, oh, God, here we go. He said, um, you don't have a job next year. He said, you don't have a job. You, you are a low man on the totem pole, and we have to get rid of, we don't have the money. We've got to get rid of some people. And you are, you, you don't have a job. Now, this is like May. Now what am I going to do? And, and you know what? It was Jesus leading me. It was Jesus leading me. I had no clue 
but I was being led. And, and the person I was, I was dating at the time, the same, I think it was within two weeks, they got laid off. Jesus leading. And we were having a conversation. This was my ex-husband, Jack. And, and we were talking and he said, I'm going to have to go find another job. And I said, well, so am I. You know, they said, uh, I mean, the, the, the school came back and they said, well, you could be a helper in the library and, and make less than, you know, minimum wage. Well, I had an apartment, a house, a car. I couldn't do that. And, and so I'm, I'm talking to Jack and he said, well, he said, we both need a job. He said, if, if I'm going to look for another restaurant manager job, he said, I'm going south where it's warm. And my first thought was, bye. And, and, and then after a little while, um, he looked everywhere. And, and I didn't, I was looking for, you know, I put in my resume, but th back in Ohio at this time, there were no jobs. I was, it was nothing but the grace of God. I had one that year. So, uh, the, so he, the only job he could find, the only job he could find, and you've got to understand, if you're a restaurant manager, everybody's looking for a restaurant manager. It's not hard for a restaurant manager to find a job. They just have to pick up the phone. But in this case, there weren't any. There weren't any, except one job here in Richardson, Texas. Richardson, Texas. My idea of Texas was a, uh, what do they call that, tumbleweeds and Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. And I didn't like either one. And he's saying, well, come down with me to Texas, and after a couple years, we'll get married. Oh, no. Not with the Dallas Town Cowboy cheerleaders down there. I'm not. I mean, that was my thought. I've seen them women on TV. Uh, they must all look like that in Texas. I'm not going down there. There's no hope for me down there. But you know what? And, and, and after a little while, I said, all right, we'll get married, and we'll go to Texas. I had no idea God was leading me. The shepherd was leading me. And this little lamb was just following the voice. Ah, I didn't even know he was leading me. And here we are. All those years leading me. It says, when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them. Do you see that? Your Jesus, your shepherd, when you are born again, your miserable life he will lead you out and he goes before you. He does not come up behind you. He goes in front of you. In front of you. He goes in front of you. He knows where you're at. He knows exactly where you're at. He knows what you do behind closed doors. He knows what you feel about yourself. He knows all that. And he goes before you and he's going to lead you out if you will let him he will lead you out oh you're gonna go through some valleys you're gonna crawl over some rocks you're gonna have some interesting adventures but he is before you leading you out and you know what's wonderful about Jesus he will never lose you he will never leave you he will never forsake you. 
Oh, when you feel worthless and you can't do this, he will not forsake you. He will not lose you if you keep your head on him, your eyes on him. Jesus, I'm a mess. I know. Come on. Jesus, I screwed up again. I know you're forgiven. Come on. Come on. When we mess up, he doesn't drop us. He, his love was commended to you when you were at your worst. He's not going to bring you out a little bit and then drop you. You are no surprise to God. And you can't save yourself. You're going to have to let the shepherd do it. You're going to have to let the shepherd do it. Oh, how many times. I'm never going to touch that again. Three minutes later. I love what Doyle used to teach us. When you say thou shalt not, thou surely will. Within five minutes. Now, it says, uh, And he putteth forth his sheep, and he goeth before them. And the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And I love this. And a stranger they will not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. We were in Fort Worth. We, we had to, Jack had to transfer to Fort Worth. And I was working in a restaurant, a Bennigan's restaurant over here. And I decided that uh, since we were moving to Fort Worth, that I would just transfer and work at the Bennigan's over there. It was an easy transfer. I was a good waitress. They were excited to have me. I walked in that restaurant. And I walked, they were showing me around. There should have been no issues whatsoever. But something in me was saying, oh, no. No, this is not, no, 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 no. I got to get out of here. For some reason, I had to get out of that restaurant. There was a feeling down here. I had to get out of that restaurant. I couldn't be there. And the people were being nice. And I was looking at them like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I got to get out of here. I went home, back to our apartment, and I was bawling my eyes out. What is wrong with me? Why can't I go work in another Bennigan's? It was good money. Something down here was saying, no, you're not going to work here. You know what that was? That was the shepherd's voice, and I didn't know it. That was the shepherd's voice. You're not going to work here, Kathy. This isn't the right place. Ever been there? Something's wrong down here. I'm not at the right place. This isn't the right person. This isn't the right job. That was the shepherd speaking to me. And I went back to the apartment. I remember Jack came home that night. You know, we were, we were just married a couple years. And I'm bawling my eyes out. He's like, what, what's wrong? I said, I can't work there. I can't. I can't work. I just, I don't know why I can't work there. He's like, it's okay, Kathy. It's okay. It's okay. It's not the end of the world. The next day, I got up and, I, and, and that, that voice is speaking again. Go look for a private Christian school to teach in. It was It was August. Go look at a private Christian school to preach in. You know what? Or to teach in. You know what? The first, the first phone call I made. Get on down here. Come on down here. I, my first, my year in Fort Worth, I taught at a private Christian school. I couldn't teach in public school because my certification was Ohio. But they didn't care. I was certified. A private Christian school... They put me, um, long story short, I, I taught the K-4 and K-5. I had, I think, 18 children. 13 or 18, I cannot remember. It's been a long time. The interesting thing was none of them spoke English. Not one. 
One child, well, one child could speak English and Spanish. One, little boy, five years old. Only child in there that understood English. All my students didn't, were all Hispanic. They all spoke Spanish. Guess what? I didn't speak a word of Spanish. Not a word. Not a word. What would God do? Why would God put you in a kindergarten where none of your students understood you and you didn't understand your students? Because, he, because the shepherd led me there. The shepherd led me there. And you know what happened to those, those cute, sweet, little Hispanic children? They all learned English. Nobody told them they couldn't learn English. When I taught them how to read, I picked up a picture of an apple. A, A, apple. Well, they knew what that thing was. Oh, that's an apple. A, A, apple. By the end of the year, they were reading English. Reading English. Why? The shepherd was leading me and leading them. And you know what else happened to them? One day, we, the, the, I was ministering to them. We, we, you know, we had Bible lessons because it was a private Christian school. We talked about the Holy Ghost because this was a Hispanic Pentecostal church. We talked about the Holy Ghost. You know what the Spirit of God said out of my mouth? Any of you guys want the Holy Ghost? Do you know that five or six, I can't remember how many, children went home that day their parents, well, what'd you learn in school today? I can speak in tongues, Mom. Can you imagine? They come to me, I'd, I'd sit them on my lap, pray for them, they started speaking in tongues. We had a parent call the school, called the principal. Oh, my God! You know what happened today? My child came home speaking in tongues. My child came home speaking in tongues. God bless those little kids. Nobody could tell them that it wasn't for them. They had open hearts. You know what? God wants you. God wants you. He knows the misery you're in. He knows how unprofitable you feel. He knows, he knows that everybody is in that place. And you know what? He wants to get you out. He wants to lead you out. He wants to bring you into the pasture land, the land that he knows is just right for you. He knows the right job for you. He knows the right position. He knows where you are going to live. He knows that you will make enough money to take care of you and your family. That's why Jesus died. He knew you couldn't do it. The Father sent Jesus to do it for you. One last verse. And, okay, oh, oh, we lost it. Okay, I want you to go to John, 1 John 3. Not only, not only does Jesus want you born again, not only does Jesus want to save you, to bring you in to everything that Jesus paid for for you. He paid for your healing. He paid for your prosperity. He paid for it. He paid for it. It's already paid for. Your, your safety, your, your welfare, it's all been paid for by Jesus out of love. Out of love. Out of love. Not only does he want all that for you, but look at this verse. Verse 8, he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. We all know that one. But look, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. For this purpose, Jesus left heaven 
and came to earth to be a man, to be a man like you and me, to go to the cross, to pay for us, to pay our redemption, to pay for us, to pay our ransom, to pay for our sin. Not only that, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. All the things that got you into trouble, all the spirits that convinced you to get into the sin you got into, all the sin that got you into the misery you're in, all the sin that led you into all the all the sin that led you into the sin led you into these troubles. Jesus was sent to fix. He was sent to fix it. He was sent not only for you to be born again, but to destroy the works that got you there in the first place. He came to destroy the works that got you there in the first place. He came to destroy the works that got you there in the first place. Father, loose her in the name of Jesus. Loose her. Loose her from this devil. Loose her now. Devil, you come out of her in the name of Jesus. Let me hear from you. Email me at the letters kd at kdwol.com. That's KD, Kathy Davidson, at kdwol.com. And visit my website to listen to the messages again or to download them free of charge at kdwol.com. Until next time, God bless.